Welcome to Season 2, Episode 15 of LOI Weekly with myself, Johnny Ward and Daniel MacDonald. And this is a St. Patrick's Athletic-themed uh, show with Gerald O'Brien and defender Kevin Toner in. And we're in association with Airsport and Independent.ie on Podcast Republic, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. And we're at LOI Weekly on Twitter. And uh, we're fresh from a hell of a lot of results over the last week or so. It's a beautiful morning here in Dublin. And uh, we enjoyed a good game last night, Dan, in Tala, but not, not so good for... The two boys. The two lads here didn't enjoy it no. at all. But they're and in good form this morning in relative terms. Well, we, we did have a moment last night where we were, we were sitting together during the game going, well, this Pat's podcast in mm. the morning is looking a, bit, looking a bit ropey. But I believe that Jared did even Johnny send you a text and give you a get out of jail card. No, he sent me uh, a message just yeah. sort of saying. <laughs> he said, go easy on us today. I was like, well, you're going to be on the show. Like, so, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, nah, listen, you've just got a grammar, don't you? It's... Um, it was a disappointing night for us, but um, as I said previously, this league, st- the way things have gone, you can't even have the decency to grave because the games come mm. so quickly. So we, we spoke last night about moving on um, and you don't get a chance. Up comes Cork on Friday. Yeah, I mean, we spoke to Liam Buckley last night and he felt it was possibly as bad as you played all year in terms of the, the performance today, you know, performance last night. It was, can you just write it off to fatigue, to... to to just not get going on the night, or is it hard to even just sum it up so quickly afterwards? It's difficult to sum it up. Um, we definitely looked at it, you know, from half time we spoke, we thought we were flat. Uh, first half, we didn't, we just didn't get going. We, we were just too deep as a team. Uh, we played an awful lot of long balls because of that, because we weren't connected to Thomas up front. And unfortunately, then um, we probably had a great chance to start the second half with, with Kevin, which we felt was a penalty. Um, and 2-1 then, it's completely different. We can get our tails up and get going again. Uh, but unfortunately, we've conceded probably a minute, two later, down the other end for 3 and that's kind of kind of killed the game. And in fairness to Rovers, they were at it, and we, we knew that it was such a big game for them. Um, mm. But no, it's it's gone. We, we've got to move on. It probably is, that along with Dundalk, has probably been the worst we've been. And um, But to be honest with you, it's probably going to be expected of this group you know, we, we haven't chopped and changed too much because the boys have been th- doing so well. We've just come with four on the bounce, four wins, and um, we've got s- so many young players like Jamie Lennon and Darren Markey. The two centre-backs are 23 and 21. Uh, Thomas Bourne's only 19, so you're probably going to have to uh, accept that when you have so many young players in the team as well. What happened with that uh, penalty potential incident because it would have changed the game? You seem to be uh, brought to the ground by Lopez, was it? Yeah, it was just at the back stick, and uh, Conan whipped it in. And I just felt the hands around me, but still should have scored in the, the long run of things. But gee, some of them you get them, some of you don't. Rovers have won uh, two, two of their last 10 games was, were 3-0 against Cork and yourselves, and they've scored four in, the, in their other eight games, I think. So when they're good, they're very good. But they look good last night, I have to say. What do you make of them? Yeah, to be fair, you have to give credit where credit's due. They were good last night, and they were rattling around, and they weren't giving us much time on the ball, which is the way we should have been to them. Obviously, it's a Dublin derby, that's the way... It should be the whole time, but uh, I think in the long run they they probably did deserve it. Like, what do you make of Dan Carr? Yeah, he's a good player. He's quick. He's strong. He's everything you want in a striker. Like, so we have to say fair play to him. Like, um, and Dan, you were also at a. It's been a busy. Yeah, trying to run through the yeah, results, John. It's been, there. It's been a busy, uh, I suppose, couple of rounds of games starting Friday night. Cork four 0 against Bray. Bowes nil. Dundalk two. We were both at that game. Watford three. Limerick six. Possibly the biggest surprise of the season so far. Uh, Pats 5, Derry 2. Uh, and then on Saturday, a dreadful game in Sligo. Sligo nil, Shamrock Rovers nil. The lock of the week uh, was beaten. Uh, then Derry beat 
Bray 2 0, Dundalk 2, Waterford 0 on Monday, uh, Limerick 0, Cork 2, and Rovers 3, <coughs> uh, Pats 0. Dan, what did you make of, uh, of the weekend's action? Yeah, well, I said, uh, yeah, I said Daily Mount on Friday and. Uh, you know the Oriel on Monday, and it's it's sort of strange. You know, you've you've all these games and and one. Actually, I met I met someone recently who um who listens to the show. I think it was at a, at a Pats game recently. And I was like, you have to stop going on about this fixture congestion. You know, you, like there's other good things going on. And I was like, yeah, no, it's a fair point, but it's so relevant to everything that's going on at the moment. And it's almost like it's like we've we've had this mad run of games. Almost like this sort of crazy night out and everyone's just woken up and then Doc and Cork are around 10 points yeah, clear yeah. you know and it's it's cause that, and that's the one thing I would maybe would have taken from the weekend games that particularly more so than Doc Waterford on Monday that Waterford were a bit flat in the first half I mean, they, they, I mean that 6-3 result on Friday is like a result from the 50s or something just a crazy mad game but Waterford you know in the first half Paul Keegan muscle injury goes off uh, they're already missing a borrow okay suspension Doofus can't play on the pitch um, but Waterford just looking a bit fatigued, whatever it might have been. You know, Massey goes off injured for the doctor, able to bring on Dean Jarvis, who probably would play for you know most other clubs in the league. Um, and the doc, we're talking about how will they cope losing O'Donnell, losing Mountney, uh, and yet they're still putting out a really strong experience. Now, as it happened, Waterford fair play to them come back into it second half and and could really have like nicked the point out of it. Um, but overall, I just you see them doc last couple of days. I don't think they've actually even played brilliantly well but they're just winning because they have the depth you know they have the depth to sort of be able to make changes like on Friday night against Bowes they were in a bit of a sticky spot after half time you know Bowes could have equalised shrugged in about what do they do take off Connolly put Jamie McGuire right side bring on Adrian into the middle he starts controlling the ball like they're very good I mean at Cork you know hammered Bray um, which I suppose you would expect, uh, and they've gone to Limerick, Gary Brockley, a couple of goals, and just the two teams are just rolling on, rolling on. It's well, not... you texted me and said, is it a two-horse race now, which is obviously a... A dig. A dig, yeah. and I said, if even. And the way Dundalk are playing at the moment... But well, Cork um, are still at top of the, very the game so. at hand. You know, like... The, uh, Cork, Dundalk are playing better, but, like, just at the game Friday night, I have to bring you in on this year, Sean Hoare, unbelievable performance for a fellow who hasn't played much right back I thought like and I was like Gannon wouldn't have a hope of getting into this team if he's playing like that in my view I thought he was immense yeah only from the highlights now mm. um, I know there was it just seemed to be Sean getting a lot of space I think Bowles might have went to a five at the back then yeah they did yeah and, they started with five obviously it looked like he probably went a little bit deep which allowed Sean to, to get up but Sean is a really good footballer first mm. and foremost but he's a really good athlete for someone who's not six three, six four, he jumps unbelievably well and I would have had Sean in Minute. he was my captain mm. in, in Minute. he won the Collingwood Cup and you would have got the same up close at that stage he was only kind of breaking through to Air Force team as well and you could kind of see he passes the ball really crisp there's no kind of stuff sometimes it's a little bit erratic with him but that's only probably down to youth mm. but he's, he's left us he's gone on into uh, into an environment that's kind of where we were winning things and dropping off, he stead and jumped back into that environment and is winning things and he's uh, he's he's in a good place up there. Like I actually thought he probably should have left us to go and try his luck away rather than without being disrespectful going sideways and staying in the league. But um, with the European experience and stuff like that, I think he's still so young. He has a degree in his back pocket as well and. He's a really good player, so it's good to be able to add that little bit of extra strings to your ball because um, I certainly wouldn't have looked at Sean going out at right back, even though I know he's a good footballer. Maybe I don't know Georgie Point and played there in the President's Cup and stuff like that, but um, you know, it just goes to show when 
when things are going well, you can nearly fit in anywhere into a team. They, they definitely let him have the ball a lot on Friday. Yeah. That was a factor. And mm. How uh, was but, he on Monday but, then? But he, he was decent on Monday. And he said, probably didn't get as... I got a fair bit of time on the ball, actually, now that you mention it. But mm. it, was the, it was a slightly different type of game um, to, to Friday's match. But um, it's funny, like Stephen Kenny afterwards was on Friday, this was, was like, I'm convinced Sean Hork can play up front. Like, he's got this, this faith in his, I'd love to try him there at some yeah. stage. Because he just, he, he, he was raving about his... Uh, Ability. It is funny. I mean, I'm, the two players that stood out for me. I mean, Hor was one on Friday, and Jamie McGrath on Monday. Two ex Pats boys. Two ex. Mm. There's, there's obviously a sense of frustration there that you've you've lost them. But McGrath is strengthened up considerably, and he's now he still has the box of tricks that he, he always had, but he's possibly added a bit more substance to it now, and he's starting to look like a a player too. There it, must it, be an element of yeah. regret that you're watching them. And it in is. Other and I would have been quite close to him because I was working with them in college as well. And it's gas. You get certain players at different stages of their career um, from a coaching point of view, whereas we were getting them at the very beginning. They were still going to college. They were doing exams. They were coming in and training. We probably didn't have the emphasis as much on the gym as what we should have, but now they've skipped into a proper full-time environment. environment. They're in the gym constantly, and they're buying into to what the Dundalk lads already have up there. So there was no nobody ever questioned their ability. If anything, it was always going to get better, and that's one thing that Liam has done. And now... With the likes of Kevin and Thomas Bourne and Dara Markey, Jamie Lennon, we're doing it again. We just need to be careful as a club that we just don't get, you know, handpicked again. But the thing about it is, when, when, when you get to a stage the way Dundalk have, where they have finances now, buying someone's contract out now is not a big deal. Like mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine years ago, nobody's going to pay 25 grand for an 18 or a 19 year old. But now he signs a deal, you only have to pay years. Um, a year's money basically of his deal to get yeah, the compensation yeah. so if you're only paying 20 25 grand it's a snip to have someone for three or four yeah. years when mm-hmm. he's going to be a key player so we as a club and the other clubs as well will have to just kind of make sure that we kind of protect those assets a little bit more is that is that is that now where you're at that i mean you're, you're in a european race or whatever it might be that everything is key just to not be cherry picked again you know that you need or, or is that nothing to do with Europe and results it's just about the club generally sitting down and saying this is where we want to be where do we want to go yeah it's 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 a difficult one because um, you can't force someone to sign a contract and if they don't want to be there they, they kind of know and they all have agents now and they, they're planning these things months in advance so if somebody does come and show an interest which I'm sure happens you know I'm sure Stephen or somebody was on to Sean and, and Jamie quite early to kind of mm. say listen there's an option here for you so don't be going signing any new deals at Pat's it's going to be difficult to turn down there's not a lot you can do if they're going to pay the money there's probably only going to be Cork Rovers Dundalk that could do that in the league so the rest of us need even to even Rovers be, yeah I think I think they would uh, well they paid 25 grand for league race yeah, last year Rovers would and I know they made one or two bids for players off other teams in the off season to try and get them their compensation but I don't think we would I'd, 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 I'd love to be able to me and Liam have spoken with the staff as well about one or two players that's coming to the end of their contract in November who we'd love to get in, in July who are other teams and we're saying well could we go and put X amount of money, but the answer is probably no. no. Yeah, we we don't have that luxury at this moment in time as a club. But just going back to the point, we need to make sure that the environment for the likes of Kevin and Lee and Thomas and Jamie and Dara and all these type of players is a good environment that they don't want to go, that they want to go and say we want to build this team around these guys mm. because you know even here under 19s, the back four that's playing with Drott at the moment all came through here in 19s, which is great because not everyone can come through into a first team, but we've got to give these kids the tools. But it's those key ones, the likes of Jamie and Sean, who can make an immediate impact in your team. 
just it's it's a very very uh it kills you like you know what i mean mm. you put so much time and effort into these guys and give them a chance to grow and develop and then Imagine being Galway off. United, like, I mean, if you're, you're, whatever about being St. Pat's, like, Galway yeah. United, you look at all these players from Galway all over the league, what Dundalk were doing with Horgan and O'Donnell yeah. and all that. Yeah, but Galway didn't develop those players, though, Johnny. Stephen that's O'Donnell was at Galway, you know, they didn't For develop year. them. But no, but they didn't develop them at all. Yeah. I, mean, I, think I, think it's, I think it's slightly different. That's more a case of the club itself rather than actually having worked in the dressing room with them. I don't think the comparison stands. Well, you know? I was talking about this last night. The, the Galway United 15s, 17s, 19s and first team all won last weekend and it was a big thing for the club that like, and the, the underage is doing really well and we feel that in Galway that maybe now, finally, we actually have a future down the line where we can, it's not just week to week and you're looking at like, how do you find the underage structures in the league, Kevin? Like, I know you haven't, you didn't come to them yourself but is it going to produce players that maybe you know, can go on and play first team then and don't necessarily need to go to England straight away? Yeah, well, I think it helps sometimes because whenever you had that when you were younger, you're always, mm. if you're doing well in the 19s, you're gonna, you might get a call up to the first team and you've always something to aim towards. You've always, I might get up there, I might, if I play well this week, next week, and maybe one or two injuries, I might be able to get up and get myself on the bench and yeah. get your recognition. How are you enjoying the Pats experience then, Kevin? Like, I mean, Jared touched on it there. You're, you're in quite a young dressing room in many ways. There's a lot of lads... Um, I mean, you, you have a very different experience maybe than some of the other players who've come through locally here. But you know, how, how are you enjoying being part of that group? And and it seems like you're almost like learning together, I suppose, this season. Yeah, I think it's well. We've only been in a few months now, but the, all the boys have been sound, a nice close knit group, and we're all young enough, so we're all doing it at the same sort of level as well, the same stage. So we all know that we have to go out and perform every week and put a shift in. How you? I mean, how are your confidence levels now, say, compared to when you came home first? I know you, probably your time in England wouldn't have ended the way you would have liked, but now you've got, what, 19, 20 games sort of under the belt. How are you feeling sort of in every sense now? Yeah, I'm feeling confident, even after last night. And don't, I don't think that takes any confidence away from me or the team. It's one game and out of five, you won your last four, four out of five. I don't think that's a bad result. So I think we're still full of confidence and we'll be looking forward to going into Friday. And yourself, when you came back, where were, where was your head like when you when you joined St. Pat's? I was just delighted to get into Pat's. I knew when I was talking to Liam and talking to Jared, I knew that the way they were going on and talking about the way they want to play, that's the way I want to play. And what they wanted to build and try to achieve is what I'm looking to do myself. I didn't want to come home and just lounge around and just float around. I wanted to get back and get Pat's and the club back into where they should be. I think you spoke before you were at Stevenage, I think, and... You know, you were coming home at one o'clock in the day and you were sort of getting down yourself or whatever. And, and it was at that point you just realised home is where you wanted to be. Was that sort of the process that you, you went through? Yeah, well, I've always sort of been a home board and anyone that knows me knows that I am more of a homely person. But even when you're over there, it's hard. You're over there since 15, 16. And then when you go to being out on your own in an apartment, you're done training by half 12 at home by one o'clock. You're sort of running out of things to do. There's not much you can do as well. Like you're sort of restricted to the stuff that you can do. Like, yeah, like what are the options <laughs> what you can do? Because there's, there's a lot of bad ones. Like, you yeah, know, you can only the... go to cinema so many times yeah. or go bowling or yeah. go down to the driving range. It's really easy to see how players get into like gambling. That's, that's, like, it really uh, is. Like... Uh, or whatever. You know, or, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, it no, really... it's, 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 it's abundantly obvious. But it's funny, we had Paul Keegan in there recently speaking about how he basically like set, a <laughs> set up a bar, <laughs> you know, but like a business, like a project, something to channel his mind in. But he was a slightly older player. Yeah. But when you weren't over, what age were you when you went over? 15. Yeah. 15, yeah. It, like, it's, it's funny, Dan, because 
in in the last eighteen months now, I've I've been lucky enough to just to, I'm going out on the process of starting to to coach, and yeah, it's a completely different mindset than playing, obviously, because you have to be able to deal with these as first of all as people before you deal with them as footballers. Some people are different. Some people are very fragile, and some people are very strong mentally. Some mm. people are strong personalities. Some others, and two people like obviously Alex O'Connell would have came home last year. Mm. Alex was fifteen going off to Liverpool as well, and the, the difference in the two boys coming home and seeing the difference and thing, both, even when I first met Kevin, both, you could see there's a frag fragile mentality there and they're kind of a little bit uncertain coming into it. Whereas Alex went one way and Kevin's gone the other way. Now that's through no fault of, of Alex's or Kevin's. It's just, it's a very difficult process to come home. These, these boys are going over with no real full education. They're going into an environment where it chucked in. Kevin was involved with Villa for a couple of seasons but we were only kind of in the car coming in, we were only saying, when you're shift out alone, you don't actually have a sense of ownership to anything. It's not your club. And I think that's why, whether it's home or not, he has now a sense of belonging somewhere. Mm -hmm. That it's his club, that he feels, I need to do my best for this club. The loan moves, well, I'm still going back to Villa. Mm. Villa's still my club, whether these win, lose or draw, Villa's still my club. And... In fairness to Kevin, and I know he's here now, so I'm not just saying that he's he's a, and we speak quite regularly off the pitch as well. I text him and I speak privately to him. He's developing at 21 into a proper leader in the dressing room on the pitch as well. The fans absolutely love him. They're all making a fortune on him scoring any time. <laughs> we keep laughing about it. Should have came off last night. Should have <laughs> should have scored last night. But um, and even a couple of weeks ago, he's it wasn't his goal, and Paddy Power paid out on him. So uh, the Happy fans days. are loving him at the moment. So, but no. It's great to see someone like Kevin because we ha we experienced with Alex last year and he found it really difficult and he's he moved on now and hopefully he can keep going and developing his career in a different path. But well, like, not with Sanded on the pitch, how has he grown kind of as a person since he's joined Pats because he's come into a different environment and he's had to start over? Kevin? Yeah. It, it's just, it, it's very difficult to explain. You can see, you can see somebody growing constantly, especially the young players and you see how they fill in in the dressing room. You see how they, they kind of engage with the older players, with the younger players. You can see the information that they pass on. You can see Kevin coming and asking questions, how to get better, wanting to see things, wanting to do things better. And then the proof is in the pudding, is the performances. You know what I mean? And he said it himself, he's enjoying his football a lot, mm. which is great because a happy footballer, that's the first and foremost thing that you... Well, I, I, are, I, you are, are, sorry, are, are you apprehensive when you come to meet someone for the first time, be it Alex or Kevin or someone that's through that, been through that process, that you're just going to meet someone that's a bit broken and it's going to be hard, you know, that they're never going to be able to move beyond where they were. I mean, is that, is that that first meeting where you're looking to see, right, this well, is... I, I think I am, Dan, now, because my experience with someone coming home from a young age was Alex, mm. who, in fairness, just found it difficult to kind of... I wouldn't say accept that he was back home, but just kind of found things difficult to comprehend in his own head the why he's got to that stage. Whereas, for me personally, like, I don't think anyone has been in touch with Alex from... Maybe I'm wrong, the PFAI... The FAI to this is of, this to, is part of my point to get, to get yeah. a handle quite quickly right who's coming home who's being released and I only seen the Wolves list last week of Anto Breslin and you know um, Conor Levinson are coming home well maybe coming home they might get clubs but we need to have somebody in place to get a hold of these boys straight away and say listen where are you with your education what have you done so far you know do you want to go do you want to come back and be a full time footballer and lead? do you want to stay in England have you got much family support do you want to talk to somebody all that type of stuff. It's not. It's not difficult. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't believe there's a central. It's, it's, I don't, I don't believe there's any difficult. kind of central data. I've had this no. discussion with people before. I don't believe there's a central no. database. I don't think it's possible to actually, yeah. you know, sit down physically somewhere and go, how many Irish are there at clubs? Yeah, <laughs> and, and these boys that come back, they've got over to the UK for a reason. They've got their second contracts for a reason. Kevin's played in the Premier League for a reason. Mm. So why should we be losing these kids? Because Keith Fahey came back. Um, Shawnee McGuire has come back. There's probably another host of others that have Richie come back. Richie over. Terrell, yeah. Richie Terrell has come back. Yeah. These guys are actually contributing to, or have contributed to the international fold yeah. as well. So, so you're you're kind of almost imploring the PFAI here to basically well, put... Well, I guess no, no, it's the are, FAI, or the FAI, whoever it might To have a database of no, players... To, to, and to, to everyone. I think, yeah. it, I think it's everyone. The clubs as well, because I think yeah. we can do more to, to contact Absolutely. and because to be able to put them in touch with people. But before they even make contact with anybody, and that's where probably... Agents, parents, clubs, FAI, PFAI, we all need to do because we don't want to lose the likes of Kevin because for me, Kevin's someone that's good enough now to be able to go back across, whether it's now in two years, three years, wherever that is. There's other players as well that have come back. Like Alex O'Hanlon's ability is second to none. But Alex needs to make sure that he's able to come into an environment where he's happy, he's playing regularly, and then he's able to show his talents and go across and, and do what he needs to do. Like So you look at Sean Maguire, was over, came back, was over, back yeah, over after yeah. being on loan. Like, I played yeah. against Sean McGuire when he played for Sligo, and I thought, nah, there's nothing there. Like, there's Mad nothing there. It was a bad shape at that point. Then I played it? against him at yeah. Cork, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a footballer here. This is a proper footballer here. And it's taken him a process to get there. Now, whether he had help along the way, which I don't know, but ultimately, the people coming back, it's very important. And that's why I think Kevin now, we were on talking to Karen, he can tell you about him now himself, about having that family support around them mm. is huge. Yeah. I, I will, we'll move on to that in a second, but I think that's one of the interesting things about, there's a lot of debate about the national underage leagues at the moment and it's going to end in circles, but one of the positive things about, maybe about the 15, 16 year old lads being affiliated with League of Ireland clubs at that stage is that they maybe just know people around the league to get to know people at clubs. So even if they do go over mm. and they have to come back, that they're not coming into a completely alien mm. environment where they've never they've never met people before, that they've gone from a schoolboy club and bypassed the league. And then I think they get lost sometimes. Whereas, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think we're ever going to stop the best players going at 15, 16. I don't think that's really going to change. You'd like to think it would. But I don't think we have a good I, I enough product here. No, I don't, think, I don't think so. Like, there's, there's too much money at the, at the upper end. But if the guys are in, have been involved in League of Ireland clubs at least, he would help. I mean, Shawnee McGuire got back on loan. He probably helped that he played in the league before. People sort of knew him. Might, mm. You wouldn't know what it, what it might be. Um, and that's just the point. But, um, I mean, Kevin, the, yeah, the family support that Jerry mentioned, like how big was that for you when, you know, you're facing a difficult time in your career? You know, you, you could potentially be in that cycle of not knowing where you're going. And what does that mean to be just around your family and stuff now? Uh, it's just... You can't beat it. Like if you've been away the whole time, and obviously your man and I come over every few weeks, and they're with you for a weekend. But then you know the weekend's gone, and you're back in training on the Monday. You're back into digs. You're sitting doing the same thing every Long day. Long day. Yeah. Long day. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now, but some some people don't have that support. I was lucky to have the support that I had. So it's even harder for some people. So I mean, I was. I was proper lucky. I had all my some of my uncles still live over there, and I say so if I go down to them for the weekend or. People would come over regularly, like my mates might come over or whatever. So now you have to. Some people aren't as lucky as I was even over there. Yeah, because I mean, you obviously would be other young Irish lads over there. I know there would be quite a few at Villa, but also other clubs. And I mean, you're all in England, like you're all living the dream. But can you sense that lads weren't happy just when you're chatting to them? I mean, maybe they'll never show it. 
you know, to your face, but that people were struggling with it as well. Oh, well, I think it's just it goes to show that just for Irish in general, we'll always stick together. Look, that's bad to say, but there's only ever if, a, if there was young Irish coming in, I'd only go over and say, Oh, then we'd make sure that you look after your own. Yeah. And the Irish would stick together. We'd make sure that when I first went over, it was Borky and Mikey Drennan, they'd come over as soon as I was over, they'd need anything, or you need to go out, or you want to like, go out for a bit of grub or whatever, just so you're not sitting in the house on your own. But, I tried to do the same for the young boys that went over to the villa then when I was there. They'd look after you, yeah. yeah. There, I mean, there's still quite a few there. There's a J- Doyle yeah, Hayes. Yeah, Jake, Jake Doyle Hayes and James Finnerty are there. And there's a new young lad now from Cork. I think he's he's down there as well. So, so just, I think it'll just keep continuing on. The Irish boys will always look after each other. Yeah. What was Villa like as a club? Yeah, it's a good club to be fair. Like, when I owe a lot to them. They've they've made me the footballer that I am today. Like, they've good coaching staff and even when we had a few problems over there, they'd, they'd make sure they'd come in and they'd talk to you and make sure that you're all right. Like, so yeah. it helped me. I went over one of the boys that was from Wexford as well, Robin Dempsey, and uh, that helped massively. I don't think I could have moved into a digs where I didn't know anyone. I mean, Robin used to go over every weekend since for the next six months before that. And I think we became, me and him are still best mates now today. Like, Yeah, and the the lads you spoke about there, Drennan, um, Burke and... Who was the other? Even the older ones, Danny, yeah. Danny Devine and Derek Williams. Yeah. There was, there's always the boys that are older than you that they always look out for each other. So Graham Burke, I I think there's, there has been some people, including Brian, Quer- Brian Carroll, they're questioning his inclusion in the Ireland squad and saying where he is in the league in terms of talent. And um, I thought he was extraordinary last night. What, 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 Where does he fit in with, with you in terms of the players you've played with? Because you've played with some good players. Yeah, now Bork, even when we were over there, so obviously he was over there, trying to him day out and day in, you know, as he gets a, his left foot as a want. Yeah. You can't, you can't, there's no denying that, you know what I mean? So, and even his footballing brain, his spatial awareness, everything, you, you can't take away from what he has. He's a footballing talent and that's what it is. Talking to Kevin Kilban after the game last night, he mentioned Bork and he's like, if he does get a move to England, you're... You're talking minimum half a million, and that's on the basis of the little he's seen of him, Dan. Um, well, I do, well, if uh, he's under contract, isn't he? Um, if he were to move, I don't think you're going to get that type of money at all. No. Okay, no. What's he worth? Well, I, you can debate what he's worth, but that's does he need uh, to get a proper that's Ireland cap? That's sort of irrelevant. What he's worth? It's mm. like you're worth the value of your contract, and you know, the perception of the club. Like, mm. um, and, and you'd like to think, I mean, it's one of the keys to the, to a better future is to get more money for fees. I mean, what was Maguire, like 150? And I believe, I know, the Cork have got some nice clauses attached that could make that a very lucrative transfer for them if Maguire was ever sold by Preston. Uh, and that probably is the more realistic way with someone with someone like Burke that, no, he is under contract, Um I mean, I could just pull a figure out of my head here. Like, I don't know. You might get a club to pay a couple of hundred grand for him, but I would have thought that, you know, he's still 24. Uh, he's beyond that compensation phase. Uh, what's his contract going to be worth for the next couple of years? Yeah, you're talking maximum, I would have thought that, but maybe with, with attractive clauses and stuff. What have you made of him and Sopel getting called up? Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see it. I think there's no doubting that both of them... You know, we'll be going into the squad with players with the same level of ability, or maybe in some cases less ability than them. Um, like, you know, th- these are end of season friendly, you know, summer window sort of gatherings that there's just a lot of names in there. And I don't particularly have an issue with it. I think there, there is a view that 
you know they haven't you know they i know the argument well they're not playing at a high enough level every week and um i totally agree with that point generally i think for a competitive international uh, that's a different type of test but i think when you're in having a squad as the summer you can bring lads into train for a couple of days whether they'll be involved in the games who knows why not like see what you've got here because you never know in six months time there's slightly different circumstances supple is you know there's a there's a goalkeeping crisis and they've brought in guy rogers as a third keeper before and they're bringing supple in um and and in fairness to sure. martin o'neill he was at the game friday yeah no, i'm, not, I'm, not, in, I'm not sure i'm not sure if like is if they're, if they're bringing in shane as part of a, a long-term plan in a particular position whereas i think with burke I mean, Ireland just don't have goal scorers at the moment. And I do think there is an element of, let's just have a look. This guy's scoring goals. Let's bring him in and, and see what he's like and see what he can do. And, um, I mean, I gather he's, he's, he's met a good, I'm listening to Bradley last night, that he'd spoken to people around the Ireland campus, that he'd, he'd met a good impression in training. And I've no doubt that he would for the reasons that you mentioned, Kevin, that he's not going to come in and be phased. I mean, I was at the game on Sunday. And he lashed uh, the ball well, out of play. Well, his first touch was to lash yeah. the ball out of play. Yeah. Um, but generally then, he sort of grew into a bit. And let's be honest, it was a testimonial game. Henrik Larsson was playing as 46. It was, it was pretty relaxed. But at the same time still, he wasn't like... Uh, he wasn't hiding. He was looking for the ball and he got on and took a couple of shots. He didn't look phased by the whole thing. Um, and I don't know, like, Jerry, because I know you would probably be of the view, I think we've spoken about this before, that uh, maybe around the Shawnee Maguire time that you're not sure about calling up players while they're in the league. Um, so what's your read on, on what's happened here for, for this? I think it's difficult to call up someone in the league for a full-blown qualifier international. Mm. I, I really do because just because of the level and the intensity that they're playing at here and training on a weekly basis. Every player that goes over to the UK would always say the difference, they always comment on the difference of the level of the training sessions and stuff like that. That stands to people um, in games. And I don't think you can have somebody that's playing against Pats on a Tuesday night and then going out and playing a World Cup qualifier on a, on a Saturday. I, ju- I just don't think, as a nation, we should be there at mm. this moment in time because the league, for whatever reason, hasn't got to the level of of quality that other leagues have got there. And you look at Iceland, everyone's talking about Iceland. I read a thing last week, there's only one homegrown player playing in Iceland. It's only one. If even, well, the squad there's of the one, Euros, there's one, yeah. there's one yeah. home player, everyone there's else gone. is playing away. So but an awful lot of them have come through. But the difference league. is, no, I, nearly I, all I, of them I, did. I, yeah. I know, I, and I understand that, but they're not staying there. They're being told, I'm sure, to go because of either money or you need to go and play at a better level to go mm. and play somewhere else. And that's not me putting down their league. And actually, despite that, Iceland is extraordinarily strong in terms of its league for population. Like, yeah, they, it's, it's, they actually it is. They punch it, way above the weight. Absolutely. But going back to your point, I will say there is a but on this. This is a different scenario now because mm. it's a different type of uh, environment that they're coming into. It's going to be a relaxed environment. My only hope is that he uses it for... The guy is, and not just have it in his head that, well, he's just in just to make up numbers. Like He has to be able to have a good look at Graham Bork and say, can he add something to us? And if he is, well then, I won't be one sitting here championing for Graham Bork to get a move. What I'll say is that the only person that's going to judge that will be Graham Bork himself, whether he needs to go and move somewhere else or whether he feels he can do it and stay in this league. So that's going to be a private That's a big question, though. Can Graham Burke fulfil his career to, to some extent by staying in Ireland? I think it's hard. I think it's very difficult. Unless you're going to play in the likes of the group, the group stages every year. That's th- the problem. Which ain't, which ain't going to happen. I think, I think it's very difficult. And people are going to have a go at me saying, oh, well, he's putting down the league. Why are you doing that? i just being realistic. I just don't think you can. And listen, maybe Kevin, like he's played four games, four, four starts in the Premier League. Like mm. like he'll know the difference of quality of player of coming up against, you know, 
Southampton players and Arsenal players. Well, I know it was Kevin. Like I was that. looking at your the teams you played against last night. You played against Sanchez, Ozil, and was it Giroud? I think when you played against Arsenal. Yeah, that was fun, was it? It's only a clear fun tree. <laughs> yeah, that was a. T- I mean, that is a serious level. I mean, we did you? Could you take it in at the time? Like, what sort of jump it was, or what sort of? Yeah, well, at that time, I couldn't. I couldn't even. Obviously, you know, the day before, you're thinking, oh, good luck and playing against these three. But you have to. When it comes down to it, you have to. You're the one that has to stop them. Mm. So you have no choice but to try, try your best. How would you get on? I've lost. <laughs> How would you get on personally? We've done all right, like, but obviously yeah. we lost, so it wasn't we yeah. have done that good. Do you know what I mean? But when I've played a few games before, that's so I sort of knew that, like, I'm, I'm all right now, and now I can go out, and there won't be that many nerves, and just go out and do what you, do what you can. There's not much else you can do. How, uh, how of do you those of those four games, is there any moment that sticks with you more than any any other? Like, if, if, you, if someone asks you about that time, is there something that instantly sort of springs to mind? Yeah, just the Newcastle game. That was my favourite. We played uh, at home. It was my debut at Villa Park as well. So I had, I'd say, twenty five people over. Mm. And I uh, started left wing back of all, and then everybody knows me left, <laughs> left wing back. That's a blow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we had to, all my mates come over, my dad, my, all my uncles, my ma, everyone come over. So I just I was more focused on not letting them down, and I didn't want to I didn't want to be the one that you come over and people say, oh, well done, you've done all right. When you know yourself, you didn't. Mm. But I felt that I'd done all right, so I was delighted. That's the thing you think about. The, t- the, yeah. the two top players for me in the league this year are Michael Duffy and Graham Bourke. I think they've they've been fair enough argument. They've been the standout. So I I would love to see the case where I think if if Martin O'Neill is is judging on the league this year, they would be the two for me. Um, haven't seen them all up closely. They would be the two for me that have any kind of chance at this moment in time. I, I think with Duffy, he, he mentioned Duffy. He mentioned yeah. Duffy on he? Sunday. He did. Okay. In the same, he meant just to, the context is on Sunday after the game. Uh, he brought up like there was a bit of a chat afterwards, actually about Conor O'Malley, which mm. we might talk about him as well, who done done quite well in the game and. Um, Conor Malley done quite well and Colin Doyle and just fat keepers and he brought up Supple and so we were like that's interesting mm. they went to the game on Friday Supple and a bit of chat about young Duffy and he, he called him young Supple as well he's young 31, 31. Yeah. 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 everyone's everyone's young ward but, but, that, but that goes he brought up we were like whoa is, now, is this just like yeah, yeah totally. and then the following day you hear he's Supple's in. actually in the and, squad and, it, and, it's, and it, I think it's, it's, it's great but just going back to my point on it, I would love the fact, like, don't get me wrong, there's nothing happier than me for someone who's had a career in this league and owes everything to this league to see boys getting called up for it. I just think it's very difficult. And even by the fixture process of organising games, mm. the FBI aren't going to think about Shamrock Rovers' fixture on a Saturday night no. with the Sligo and the organiser. They're not going to think, well, hold on a minute, Graham Bork is actually playing. No. Or sh- so it, you can see my point on it. It's not these boys aren't good enough. I think they are good enough. I just think it's very difficult playing in this league to go and have a career with Ireland because of the way your league is. And so whether, that's, whether that's the FAI mm. not warranting what the league should be or whether that's just summer football and it's just going to be near impossible. Um, well, put, uh, put it this uh, way, uh, when, uh, he, uh, when uh, he called uh, Graham Borkup, yeah. did he know that there was a fixture on a Saturday night against Ligo? I, uh, I, I doubt it. I'd say it was unlikely and I think... I gathered that when negoti- I think he was very conscious in negotiations of not being seen to be then disrespectful by almost trying to pull him out of a game. Mm. Although he did say he would have started on Sunday if he hadn't been playing on yeah. Saturday. I, I wouldn't but say that he knew that the. No, was I, would, there. I wouldn't be surprised by that. And 
the, the, and I mean, and ironically enough, then there's another game on the Tuesday because of this bloody Barmy fixture, <laughs> fixture schedule. It's probably it's probably hurting right. Burke really in a certain way. A but the one point is, like, I mean, O'Neill doesn't really trust players who play in Scotland. Never mind players who play in Ireland. Like when Adam Rooney was scoring goals, or even when Hayes, okay, Hayes got a bit involved. Uh, like if Dave McMillan went over and scored 10, 12 goals, or Connor Sa- well, Salmon's been there, mm. there won't be a bit of chat about mm. him at all. Well, Being an Irish con- and the one, and like. Yeah. And, and I think the very important point here is like, we're at the start of a two and a half year cycle heading into Euro 2020, which is the most important quali- Irish qualifying yeah, campaign absolutely. of all time. Like mm. to not qualify for a tournament where it's hosted in Dublin would be a catastrophe. John Delaney made a couple of references last week to this. And like, I think we're in a situation kind of like that Carlsberg complaint ad, isn't it? You know, there's just the phone a phone going off rings. here in the background. Yeah. I think our sound quality will probably double that, Johnny. But uh, <laughs> the point, Ultimately, when it comes around, I think, to October, November, uh, and, and particularly next March, it's going to be the same 14, 15 players that he's going to be picking from. And there's so. an element here of, you know, who's going to be the sixth choice, you know, striker. Fifth, like, but I think with the younger lads that are 22, 23, 24, I don't have any problem with him bringing them in when there's a long window to the next really important mm. game. It doesn't matter where they play at the moment. I think yeah. if you're the manager, come in, let them train, see if they're up Absolutely. to it, and see where they're at. Rather than, I think some of the reaction that been critical about the call-up is thinking as though this is almost equivalent call-up to a game against France in a mm. qualifier. It's not. like The whole point Bro, I, is that I, it's a, a non-competitive game. So... Bring in, like, I don't mind bringing anyone. Bring in, like, if there's an 18, 19 year old that's doing brilliantly with a club, uh, bring him in to train for a couple of days because that's what other nations do at all levels. England bring in a couple of lads this yeah. week just to train and see what it's like. So if you think they might be good enough, then, then what's yeah. wrong with or having them around? I, I, I'm not getting the criticism of it because yeah. I do think that Graham Bork, Michael Duffy, at this moment in time, could easily go in and play. And that's not being disrespectful to some of the boys. If they were back in England, they would, this magic plan that we speak mm. about, the comments, they would get, if Graham Bork signed for a championship team tomorrow, he would be in the squad because he's a f- top player. But Sean Williams has been doing it for years now. Mm. And I played with Shawnee, and Sean has been champion at the bit. Ba- and he's played at a level which is far superior than the League of Ireland in the championship week in, week out. And he's only had to get the call up now. And then our biggest uh, campaigner for the League of Ireland is Brian Kerr. And he's one which saying, and now I disagree with Brian in the sense that he's saying that he's not good enough. I dis, I just think that I, I cannot get Brian's comments on Burke yeah, at all. It's a difficult one, being honest with you. I don't understand. It's almost himself. like his lack of kind of really good defensive game, and he doesn't he doesn't influence games from, for ninety minutes. Yeah, but where, like, where's, it's, where's, it's talent. Talent. Where's like, didn't influence defensive side either. It, last night, like just watching him, you're like best player on the pitch, just best, player. and he's just so comfortable on the ball. And Ian Birmingham good. tried to you know but keep, it, keep keep but guard. Isn't it funny that you mentioned? <laughs> it's kind of it's funny. It's like tangent but you mentioned Duffy the guy was up at the dock game the other night happened to bump into Daryl Horgan who was there yeah. uh, who's not in this squad I don't think um, and you know I think a couple of years during the campaign for Richie Towell uh, but particularly more so Horgan and Boyle and Michael Duffy came in to replace Horgan um, Stephen Kenny made this point that last year people were saying that Duffy wasn't good enough even for the dock never mm-hmm. mind anything else now he's coming into his own particularly this year but like you're talking about Duffy being in the squad when Horgan isn't in it. Know, it's crazy. Whereas Horgan was the one who sort of Mad. was brilliant in Europe. So I do think there probably I think there will be an attitude probably in England that there's a probably an element of positive discrimination in terms of coverage of lads that are doing yeah. well here. We have we have a great little group of League of Ireland fans, but they're all crazy. They're all mad. You like. know, they're mad. Like from fans from Cork, Pat Rovers, Bowles, Shelburne, they're all mad. Once someone says something bad about a League of Ireland player, everyone jumps on the back for like... Sort of. Although yeah. I would say that when the call-up happens, generally there's also... 
fans of the rival club would be as negative about yeah. the call as anybody too. Yeah. So as my mate Jamie would say, hovering on the fringes of mainstream society, League of yeah. Ireland fans. You know, yeah. but uh, how do, Kevin? How do we get to a stage where it's normal for a League of Ireland player to get called up to the Irish squad? I think he has to be doing it week in, week out, and he has to be. And obviously, the people that you mentioned, Borky and Duffy, they are doing it week in, week out. Who else would you give an honourable mention to in the league that potentially could get a call up in the future, including yourself, hopefully? I wouldn't put myself up there. Um, Why not? I'm not yet, anyways. Yeah. We try to keep a few more clean sheets. Aaron McAniff is doing really well. Mm. Yeah, for he's, doing, yeah. he's, he's doing really well. He's added a different side to him this year as well, defensively. He's, he's, a, he's a good player, him. Yeah, you're, you're, you've conceded five goals now in your last two games. It's a little bit of worry considering your back four has been so good. Yeah, we have, and we, we speak about clean sheets after every one. We, we kind of talk about it as well. And um, the two the other night, although Derry did have other chances in the game, were a bit crazy, the goals, um, mm. the, the back pass and our lack of playing out. We got caught, and then the two deflections in that caught Barry the wrong way. And last night was two set pieces you can put down, and, but we weren't at the races. But no, it's, listen, you 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 got to balance it out. We're not getting too worked up when we're winning games and we're not getting too low when we're losing games as Kevin said the group is still full of confidence and you don't get time now at the moment the way the fixtures are to I've heard I've heard a couple of players at other clubs who'd say who've watched past and just said like I'd absolutely love to play in that team just the way they play Um, so Kevin when you came in was it like that where it's like actually they have a good commitment to passing the ball that's the reason why I did so in that's the reason when Jaron and Liam spoke to me that I said you have to be the type of person that does want to play in a all of our anybody that plays four parts now they know that they've no choice you have to play mm. we want to play so we don't and even in training we're making sure that we're working on patterns of play and everything to make sure that we're giving ourselves the best of chances to play during games How have you found it being um, part of a two left footed centre back system is that is that like tricky or how does it work I think you're actually the left side of the two which is you're okay but Desmond obviously has to take the flak on the other side Yeah no I think uh, well, credit to Lee now. I think with the two of us have struck up a good relationship. We've we've grown well together as well and there's plenty of talking between the two of us, so I think we've been we've been doing all right. But uh, yeah, I've never haven't played with another left side or left footed centre back, but uh, I'm enjoying it now. How good is he? Yeah, I'd, I'd say he's he is a very good player and uh, just shows how good he is to play on the right with a left foot and still look as good as do as good as he does every week. Just shows his quality. Um, Are you a meat man, Kevin? Let's see, can we get to the bottom of this? You're Ashburn. Not happy there. See, because when you were playing for Villa that time, it was like, oh, could this be the, you know, this, there's a meat man playing in the Premier League and stuff like that. But I get the sense you're one of this Dublin fringe that have been like displaced in, in Mead. Well, I'm going to have to say, I'm, all my family are Dublin, so I'm Dublin. So if someone said to you, well, I live in Ashburn. You live in Ashburn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're, you're a dub ever. Jamie McGrath, Gary Rogers, two other mead lads, I think. But are they more sort of. Gary's, Gary's, Gary's mead. Gary's pure mead. But like, yeah. there's all these dubs living out in Dunboyne and Ashburn and these places. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere, like, you know? Yeah. So um, they, they get very touchy about, about being described as, as meads. Like, but you, you want to put this on the record now that you want to. If you score a goal, it's like the Dubliner. Yeah. Had it up. That's what you want. Yeah. If I don't say that now, my dad's going to kill me. Right. So, so <laughs> I have now official to permission to refer to you as the Dubliner yeah. in future. So it'll be the Dubliner wink, wink in Brown <laughs> Fourth place. Is that realistic this season for you? Um, to be honest, I'd like to, I'd like to see us higher again. I want to, I want to put. You a, gotta like this, sure. Put a, yeah. He's nodding in the corner there. No, I don't want to put. A, you have to be fourth, or you have to be 
any lower than that. I want to, as much points as we can take, as much points as we want to get. I'm not going to go into any game thinking that we can't get three points. Absolutely. And I just want to, I just want to bring this up very quickly about like what's what's achievable for them. Dan, like my mate was at two Rovers games this season. They were against Cork and Pats at home, right? <laughs> Who's your mate? Uh, Julian. Oh, yeah, so he's okay. been at two games. So we both thought they were they definitely beat Sligo at the weekend. Barely created a chance. Like I can't get my head around Rovers. Watched them last night. I thought they were so good. Like I really, don't know. once they, they went one nil up. Well, they've won, once they've, they went one they've up. won one away game all season, which was a narrow win in Limerick, which I think even was in the balance. Now I know they'll say they played well in Derry and possibly should have won up there. But like Pat's actually um, and. Waterford and Dundalk they've played well in some away there's games there's no reason other than like, so there's, some there's mental fragility in the squad it's flat track bully stuff it's, 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 it does, it's, it's complete nonsense that you can't go away from home and play as well as they did last night to my mind it's like, it must be a mental thing with them yeah. they come to Tala and they're I thought they were excellent last night I really did I was like yeah, and, and it was funny I was talking to a lot after games like Dundalk and Cork are miles clear I'm like they might be miles clear in a way. They're not miles clear when Rovers are playing like that. They're not, because I haven't seen Cork play as well as that this season. Yeah, well, I mean, like, genuinely. They, like. Well, Rovers bash Cork, ironically enough, but, yeah. you know. You're reading Cork, into a couple of games, but they're yeah. very, very good when they're at it. No, they are. And that, but that's the frustration. Like, I think that's, like, last night is a great win for them, but there's also a sense of, well, you're 17 points off the pace. Like, how would this happen? When they have a. You know, you talk about resources like and being able to offer stuff like you know they have a pretty good package. They run fifty-two week deals before a lot of other teams were. Mm. Um, so it's hard to explain their position away. Uh, whereas, I mean, other clubs. I mean, Pats have been down, and I think we you're in the first week of the season, Jar. And I think, in fairness, the whole point then was about overcoming last year and. Uh, you can see that the club is making a step forward. I mean, Waterford have come on the scene, you know, yeah. and okay, they've had cash. I mean, that helps. Mm. And uh, Derry are where they're at. Whereas Rovers, I mean, like last year around this time, we were having discussions with Rovers about can they get closer? You know, they said they could maybe catch Cork, but not Dundalk or whatever. And they're, they've gone back, really, which is, it's, it's a baffling one. And it's, it's, it's going to pose some problems unless they really get their act together. But what we do have, I mean, I can see why Kevin said there you can aim higher. I mean, I still, I've said it all, all along, I think the top two will be the top two, the top two at the end. But, I mean, you've got Waterford, Derry, Pats and Rovers there. Like, I, any, one of them could fin- any one of them could finish third, I think. You know, I think it's plausible. I think you mentioned earlier about what might happen in the summer. Like, I think it is going to be an interesting window still because when you see Derry have lost Curtis now, Waterford are going to do a bit. Um... We'll see what the, the top two do even. I think there might be more activity than, than you might think, you know. Um, and you mentioned there's other players coming home and stuff like that. But, I mean, third is viable, right? Yeah, I, th- I think f- the four teams there at the moment, um, you know, there is a little bit of a gap to bowls, but we'll all want to stay on that hunt. I think just the depth of squad that, that, that Cork and Dundalk have is, is, going to be, uh, is going to be a little bit beyond people. But the other four... Uh, like Derry will probably need to strengthen. I know mm. a couple of boys have walked, don't know, have walked out, but have left this week. And Curtis is gone. And yeah, um, Waterford will definitely. Yeah. I think Alan Reynolds. I've heard him saying already that they need to bulk up the squad. And I'm sure Rovers will look to freshen things up, and we'll be no different. So it'll give everyone at least a life. But the thing about it is, I spoke about this a long time ago with the group that this is the massive belly. Normally, it's over the European period that the belly of the season is. I mean, to speak about that is all the, the hunt of the games. You, we just didn't want to find ourselves too far back. Mm. And we haven't. We've got ourselves into a good position now. There's four games to the break. We've set a couple of targets where, where we can get it to the break. And then it's only 13, 12, 13 games. Yeah. And it's on a weekly basis, if not 
You won't, know, you won't know yourself. Yeah. Your, your only experience of the league has been this, yeah. which is sort of unusual. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. Be, uh, so all of a sudden, the preparation is going to be key going into those weeks yeah. where you could be coming up with Dundalk making a couple of rounds in Europe, Cork, Rovers, Derry making a couple of rounds in Europe, Motorola Games. And that's where the likes of ourselves and Waterford need to be able to take advantage of that. When, when you, when, yeah, when you just look at Dundalk's squad depth, it's actually like it's, it's literally yeah. two players for every position yeah. when you yeah. think yeah. about well, it. Remi- it reminds me of the, under Paul Dool, and yeah. they've yeah. done that quite well. They've got, so. I mean, they've got serious long-term injuries there or mm. me, one serious long-term injury and medium-term ones and they're, they're actually fine you know yeah. uh, whereas I think other clubs if you've got one or two injuries of that nature to players of that quality they could yeah, be used you know we're um, going to move on to um, we'll move on to people we'll, we'll, we'll start with Pats and Cork we're not going to ask the lads to do a prediction but the one thing I would say is the crowd seem to I think have lifted around past this year that's something I've noticed and I think that's something I think last year we spoke really positively about Bowes not so much about Pats. There was a feeling of yeah. there was a stale feeling around the mm. game. I'm not getting that going to Pats games now, which mm. I think is great. Mm. Uh, can you? Can you? Are you sort of conscious of that? Can you see that there's a bit of a change there? Yeah, absolutely. Gone? And we wor- we've worked really hard in the off season. One of the big things last year, <laughs> when you're a full time employee in a league of Ireland club, you don't just do coaching. <laughs> you yeah. do stuff in the office. You do stuff in marketing. You do try to get lads to go to the cube. Yeah, which yeah. is a going to, which yeah. is great. Um, no, but. There's, there is there's a much better feel to the whole thing. Mm. Um, we've we've brought in a new uh, community officer as well. You know we're hitting schools again. We're going to U clubs. Last week we had a dancing group on a half time against Derry. Um, oh. There was some kids promotion at that game as well. Yeah, was kid, there, yeah, kids went free. And we've got more stuff planned for this week and the week after. We have face painters in, and we're just trying to get to the fact that. When you come to the game, whether Pats win or Pats lose, we want the kids and the families coming back again. We want to make it. We understand we need to improve Richmond Park and we want to make it a decent environment to come into. But it's it's about you know we've said it already. Don't get too down when you when you lose and don't get too high when you win and all the rest of the stuff we need to make sure is spot on off the pitch. Gareth is putting an awful lot of effort and resources in to try and make things better. You know the people behind the scenes. There's a working group going on there trying to keep the the supporters and everything together in a nice keep mm. pushing in the right direction. And you're right, and it helps on the pitch as well. Well, I think it's, I mean, you've had some of those flat midweek games, which I think some some of those games in Inchcar recent years have been depressing. You know, yeah. and it hasn't been that that vibe. Has there been a gang of dubs from Ashburn coming up to the games? And uh, and <laughs> have you have you like your are your family going to the games? Like, you, are they sort of enjoying the going along? to Richmond Park to watch a family that includes his uncle former jockey Mark Dwyer we found yeah, yeah he's based yeah, in England yeah. Yeah. He's, well, uh, he, he's actually just learned yeah, Johnny has learned that uh, Kevin has a horse racing connections I sort of fear how this might end <laughs> but um, no, I, I think uh, Kevin he just strikes me as a fairly stable individual he is stable he's, he's not, not going to happen he's not, he's not, stable no. i.e. not your type hey, yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> stable hey, hey. Um, tremendous are you enjoying the, just the, the, the atmosphere at Richmond Park and are the, like, are the family going along to watch you play is that sort of big thing just to have your mates around you and able to go and see your matches easily yeah I usually have about I'd say about 5 to 10 people come to every game they're just watching me so but in general they think ah, the come on, they're, they're watching a few other players <laughs> Jesus Rain Burke could be playing them for me. <laughs> get out of the way we want to watch Kevin yeah. <laughs> no but, uh, now um, the Pats fans in general leaving the shows last night that we walked out you could hear them in voice by a mile and I think that that's fair credit to them because they they're coming down and they are supporting us week in, week out and we just only want that to continue and the numbers to grow. We have to, we have to go through predictions. I, I have to say, I've noticed that hugely at Richmond this season, much better atmosphere. But uh, Dan, last week, lock of the week, flopped, Rovers beat Sligo and predictably then beat Pats 3-0 in their next game. Yeah, but we, I we went, do I went two, two yeah. from five and you went two from five. Grim. 
Paul we went. We should have seen Limerick scoring six in Waterford. I yeah. mean, that was predictable. Johnny leads by four. Yeah. This is like the equivalent of a golfer. I'd want to be about eight clear going into the last sort of round of games, maybe. Well, I'm going to so, blow it. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I just feels wrong. Like, I mean, I called the top two thing and you were all over the shop in that. You're still ahead on the week-to-week predictions. It's. I, I, yeah, I, I actually should set part more thought into this. Anyway, let's go. Well, he means against Shamrock Rovers. Quickly predictions. Uh, uh, like well, this is a massive, massive game again for for Rovers. Bow's wait, waiting in the long grass here, nice to you again. Yeah, media. Uh, band. Actually, Stephen Kenny, you talk about it's actually Bow's waiting in the short grass because Stephen Kenny very I happy saw that, they, that they cut the pitch. Yeah, but um, yeah, like Bow's haven't had a game this week. Probably helps. I mean, Rovers last night they they won well. They were able to take off Burke. Bow had a little injury. Uh, Brandon Miele went off. Um, Bowers are they're just they have the ability to play well against Rovers they're they're well coached and I still fancy them to get I don't I, I can see why you would watch Rovers last night and you would go oh, they're going to go and win this is it but Bowers about a week to prepare for this game and mm, I might go for a draw this time I wouldn't be at all shocked if it was a home win still I'm going to go think, for a draw as well but draw. again that's, I think it's going to be a fascinating game well, any thoughts lad I'm not necessarily going to put you in the spot for Pure predictions, but Bowes Rovers, what your your views? It just seems to have a bit more of an edge than any other Dublin derby, and I've played in it for both teams. Um, it's uh, listen, Rovers certainly won't want to lose three before mm. the break against them, um, which is crazy. Why we have three Dublin derbies this big before the break? But you're right, the week might just help. But um, well, I think it'd be a toy. I think it'd be a toy game. Uh, mm. Where are you on Friday night? I'm at that game actually. Yeah. I wasn't at the previous two, so Dundalk will be Bray Wanderers. I would have thought so, yeah. Uh, St. Patrick's Athletic against Cork City. That's going to be great. I mean, it's, so again, uh, sort of you're you're looking at the overall four wins and five, or you're looking at last night. I mean, you watched Pats last night and you wouldn't be confident, but I think I spoke to you yesterday about this game. Like, this is a really tough game for Cork. I mean, on a night where Dundalk are playing at home to Bray, you know, this is a real test for Cork who... You've, you know they haven't really hit top form and you would think a team that's good on the ball and I mean they played the first game of the season and, and like that was a bit of a you yeah. know a bit of a mad one really where Cummins sent off and then fortunately Barry Murphy slipped and it was a bit of an undeserved win really but they were they were with 10 so it was like well that's real spirit and mm. grit and so on then you probably feel you should have got a result then in Turner's Cross you, you were very competitive in that game uh, and Pats could hold on to the ball well they can give Cork problems. Like I, I know I saw Pats last night and they were poor, but I, I've been thinking all week the Cork won't win in uh, in Richmond, so I'm not going to change my view. Um, maybe go for, maybe go for a draw there, John. Uh, I'll go for an away win, not with much confidence. Cork are getting results, um, but they will have to manage Thomas Byrne, who's a karate kick on the um, on the on the. And the sideline with all the uh, bottles was absolutely class last night. He's just very entertaining to I watch. I heard you laughing at something, all right? Oh, I was, it, he yeah. just lashed into the bottles, like Stan Staunton back in the day in one of his frustrating oh, moments. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but uh, that's going to be a fascinating game. Um, Sligo against Limerick. Sligo Limerick, yeah. I, I mean, like the, you talk about the league tables There's that are forming. written all over. <laughs> Sligo on yeah. 16 points, Limerick on 16 points, and Bowes just ahead of them, and... It's almost like three little league tables within one in a certain in a certain way. Although I mean Bray, are, I mean by the way, can I just say one thing about Bray? Like Bray, away to Cork on Friday, away to Derry on Monday, away to Dundalk on Friday. Mm. It's, a, it's a brutal run when yeah. you're. The only uh, thing we should mention is they, they actually drew this game on the open day of the season. They did. Dave um. Mackey's only point, uh, but anyway, it's like with Limerick. 
I mean, I don't know. I feel like I can't go for another draw. Um, go for a draw maybe, yeah. maybe this is the time for Sligo to... I mean, I don't know. It was a bad game by all accounts against, against Rovers. Yeah, but it was absolutely... Apparently, like, nothing happened. Remember the first half on Soccer Republic? They showed... I think they showed well, the, the pre- teams coming the previous out. Game in Tala was, the, pre- the previous game in Tala was brutal as well. Yeah. That was a really poor game. Um, I... No, I Limerick, Limerick has them set up. They're not. They're actually quite good defensively. The, like, the problem with Limerick is Limerick won in Waterford, but Morrissey gets injured. Mm. Barry Maguire got injured, mm. and Clifford went off at halftime um, the other night against Cork. Again, like these people are just picking up all these injuries with all these games, and that's a killer for them. I think Morrissey looks sharp. Home, as well. w- home win for Sligo. Uh, draw. Waterford against Derry City. Oh. Rumors of maybe a bit of uh, unrest in the Derry camp there. Um, uh, Watford wobbling. Um, a Boris tackle was quite interesting, wasn't it? He's a bit of a character. A yeah. A, yeah, yeah. They've got a lot of red cards. I mean, we spoke yeah, about Rovers last year, but yeah. Watford are, are are up there. I think the boy owners the stats with six red cards. Yeah, the boy yeah. own, of course, gave him a tip for a horse last night, uh, seven to one. Doubled it up with both teams scoring Tala. Yeah, <laughs> didn't work out. Um, <laughs> a bit harsh. Pico Lopez heading off the line in injury yeah. time. Not happy about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I mean Watford, Watford, against Watford won the first game of the season. And I just thought they were just, they weren't, like, they, were, they were a bit sort of leggy and still in parts on Monday and looked a bit tired and yeah, I, I'd go for, I don't know, maybe a surprising away win in that game. Even though Derry are, are, are rocking and they, just, they conceded five last week. Now maybe, maybe a draw, maybe a draw. Jer, um, any thoughts on that game? I feel Jar has thoughts in that game, but he just can't quite. No, this, uh, it's hard to see because you, you haven't see, haven't seen Watford in a while now. Yeah. And as you said, there's been so many games. I just think I'd imagine Derry will travel down now uh, tomorrow and prepare. I think if Watford can get the grip, I'd see you don't you just don't know who's injured and who's no, suspended. I now. If, if I seen like Paul Keegan's missing, is going to be a big thing. If Kenny Brown, Webster, if they can get a back four in place, the two boys up front, Doofus comes back in, having not played. Yeah, that's big. Actually, they yeah. might cause them problems. They might cause. It's a very what, hard game to call. Yeah, I, 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 for draw, uh, yeah, I'd say over two and a half goals is going to happen anyway. The way these teams are playing, not everyone bets, Johnny. You know, no, no. not everyone bets. What's saying over two and a half goals. What's your? What's your? <laughs> just no two mention of it. Um, I'm going to go home win. Home win. Uh, are you doing much in terms of water in Richmond at the moment? Water in the pitch. The pitch uh, oh yeah. Because I just want to mention this, because um, we're on the first thing. The the pitch in Stradbrook last Sunday was scandalous. It was it, like you wouldn't run horses on it. it. Was that it was that hard? You could actually watching the game because it was qu- pretty quiet. You could hear them rattling off it. It was like it was like tarmac, mm-hmm. and I I just don't think that's acceptable at all. Um, I don't know what the resources Cabin Tealy have, but for players uh, to and, you know looking at talking to Go United players, everyone was commenting on it. I think it's dangerous, and I think they really need to look at that. Um, Did you have a nice trip anyway, Johnny. Stradbrook, your first uh, time. It was, it was great. It was like one half of the bar was for the match and the other half was for like a communion party. So you're coming in <laughs> and they're like, right, are you going to the game or are you going to the communion? I was like, oh, well, I came here for the game. Well, who, whose communion is it? But I thought it was a bit of a mad game. We, we've probably seen the goal that Galway United conceded. Oh, went, yeah. The Guardian had it like uh, online. Um, I, yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit strange. It should have been a free out. It wasn't, and then the keeper dropped the ball twice, and Cabin Teeley scored. But Galway United got the win. Uh, the other results: UCD three 0 at Lone, um, Drogheda United two, Wexford nil, uh, Finn Harps nil, Cove one, huge win for Cove there. Longford one, Shells one, Cabin Teeley one, Galway United two, and this week Athlone against Longford in in the Midlands Derby, Cabin Teeley against UCD in the 
sort of South Dublin derby yeah, type like thing. Yeah, it's like the 17-bus or something. I'm not sure what bus actually would go between them. I thought, yeah. Uh, 46A or something. I don't know. But either way. I, I, yeah. Uh, I, I got a bus to Black Rock and then I was like, I looked at my Google Maps and I was like, 35 minute walk from the ground <laughs> yeah. so I had to get a cab yeah. so I was like, and the cabbie knew me from the races then I was just like well, that, that was before the communion what yeah. a day yeah. Cove Ramblers <laughs> against Shelburne Go United against Drogheda a game I'll be at uh, in a better pitch in Terryland and Wexford against Harps so very briefly myself and a lad who will remain nameless we're going around a couple of shots to back the horse that the boy Owen put in with the both teams to score mm. and in one of the shops the, the bell went off for a dog race and there was this lad fairly young with his girlfriend and uh, just the bell had gone off so the hair is running and he, he starts roaring at your man behind the counter oh I meant the back five not two I meant the back five and your man's like what am I supposed to do the hair is running and I, I said to you man Jesus the characters you get here next thing he goes to me oh, how are you Johnny it's <laughs> <laughs> like oh god um, but anyway the horse won um, and the lock what is the cu- oh, we'll mention the cube the lock of the week as well Dan has to what is your lock of the, the week the lock of the week um, don't have much time here so I'm going to give it as um no one cares about the lock of the week. It's not even a special thing. I'm going to give it as Galway United, actually. Um, Who we were so We were so bad. Uh, Drogheda. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, watched the Kevin Teeley game with a bit of it with Tim Clancy and Jared Doherty. Uh, uh, Ger- Kevin Doherty. Kevin Doherty, rather. Great lads and um, doing great work at Drogheda. So that'll be a big game. So you think Galway will hammer them? <laughs> They're doing good work. Yeah. Jared shaking his head there. Not uh, not all, all. I mean, you must have an affinity with Drogheda having their entire back four and all that. No, I'm actually good mates with Kev. Yeah, really. great lads. Yeah, great oh, what a champ. They've great actually lad. done a fantastic job. The they really have. Yeah. The Cube, do you want to mention the Cube before we go? Ah, listen, we're doing, it's a Cube night. It's on the 30th of June. We're going, uh, we just want all Pats fans to be there, basically. It's a Pats night. We're Where is it? In the Green Oil Hotel, one of our sponsors. So the reason why we're mentioning it is because I've invited you and the lads to come up and see if we get Johnny in the Cube. And yeah. The, <laughs> the fact that some of the stories he tells me about <laughs> not understanding where Stradbrook is now I'm not sure he's going to find his way around the queue but <laughs> yeah, will you be there Kevin? I'll be there yeah happy days that'll be a good night um, so I think that's it Dan you're off to play a game of ball I am indeed yeah, yeah. and um, enjoy the weekend's games thanks for coming in lads no problem. and hopefully uh, good end of the season for Pats and hopefully things work out with the new ground as well and thanks for listening